Welcome to Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. This podcast will offer weekly episodes equipping passive and active investors alike with the tools, knowledge, and confidence to build wealth through one of the most powerful wealth creation vehicles out there, apartments. Let's get into today's episode. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We are here for Money Mondays. Oh my Every gosh. Every Monday, 3.30 Central. I'm pumped, I'm pumped. I already had my Starbucks. This is why this is water, folks. So I am rearing to go. What are we talking about today? Talking about Starbucks and coffee. Oh. No, oh. I will have mine soon enough as well. Today we're talking about our real estate journey going from zero to 3,000 units and hopefully a lot more if we can freaking win something, so. It is competitive, very competitive. We just lost out on a two pack, which Ben is still disappointed about, <laughs> but we're gonna find some deals because it's all about consistency. It's all about getting out there and taking action and making offers, folks, right? So we'll kind of go through a little bit of our journey. We do encourage everybody to ask questions, have comments, give us a like, give us a share. We want this to be an interactive show. If you have something that you want us to talk about, please drop that in the comments too. We'll try to work that into the schedule, right? So we're gonna get right into this. We've got some questions that did come in before. What has kept you motivated? to continue to work hard to grow and scale. It's fun Ooh. to build a company, right? Build a culture, you know, hire a team that kind of go out and kick butt and really kind of, it's a fun thing. I mean, for me, it's like, there's always another hill to climb, yes. right? So we can always do a bigger deal, a better deal, a different deal. You know, it just never ends as to the various options for us to kind of go tackle. So I think that's what I personally love about it. And, and I think people getting into multifamily need to do things. You need to really dig deep and say, hey, do I really want to just, you know, maybe have a couple deals where I, I can pay attention to those and that's all I really want to do. I don't really want to build a team. I don't really want to have a, a commercial real estate firm like we do. Or do you really want to scale? You need to, you need to ask those questions before you get into this business. From the beginning, me and Ferris were very much aligned that we wanted to grow a company. Right, and the, our journey to get from zero to three thousand units was a lot different than some other, some other people's. And some people say, "I don't want three thousand units." You know, if I could buy three hundred on my own, I'm happy. I'm content. I'm making my money each month. Yeah. I don't have to deal with the there's team. Not a right I don't have or to wrong. manage. Yeah, there's not. Yeah. Right, and and but I wanted to make that distinction that our path might be different than what you want to do. So ask yourself that question when you start off: Is do you want to scale like we do? Or do you want to just have your 300 units? And you know, we have a couple friends that do that. And they do very, very well. They own it outright. There's not a lot of syndication. They maybe have a JV partner or two, and they're happy. They don't have to manage a big team. They don't have to, you know, manage people. All that stuff can obviously drag on you a little bit. But I'd see. I'd say you know, keeping me motivated is yes. What's the next challenge that we can overcome? Right? What is the thing that we can win? And people are like, "What do you want to win?" I said, "I want to win everything." Right? You know, I want to win the next deal. I wanted to conquer the next challenge. I want to beat competitors because you have to have that competitive mindset in order to really be a successful entrepreneur, right? If you're just kind of passive about the whole thing, right, people are going to run right over you. Your competitors are going to have an, a competitive edge over you and they're going to ultimately put you out of business. So you always need to be striving to be better, to, you know, working through that next challenge, getting over that next hump, that next hill and ultimately conquering stuff and winning things, right? That's what keeps me motivated is because that's just a passion that I have within and I know Ferris does too, yep. right? So again, you need to ask yourself, is that really you? You know, and again, there's not a right or wrong answer to that. So what has been a driver for growth and success in your real estate syndication business? 
Say uh, disrupting the norm, doing oh. things differently, right? Really finding you know our unique value prop versus others. And so I think for us, constantly evolving, looking at things differently, yep. standing out has been a big driver for us. And so that, you know, and performing. Performing gets you far in life, right? Just do what you say yeah. you're going to do. You can get far, far in life. So I'd say that's a big one as well for us. Yeah, I think, I think what we, and we were talking about this earlier today, right? You just do the things that are more challenging, bigger, you know, than anybody else. And that's gonna, you're gonna stand out just by default for doing that. Cause people are gonna be like, man, you guys pulled that off. That's awesome. You know, and so we have just from the beginning, again, it's just maybe our, our, our personalities. We've always wanted to kind of tackle on those big challenges, right? And, and really kind of drive. I'd also say our candidness and our transparency has really helped us out too. Totally agree. You know, we're in a, we're in a business that's a lot of cloak and dagger stuff and smoke and mirrors, we use whatever analogy. There's just a lot of stuff that's, you know, not really true. Or if it is true, it's being peddled for a certain amount of money. And, and we're friends with some gurus too, so I'm not sitting here to, to bash on that industry, but we're not here to sell you anything, right? You know, we're here to present investment opportunities. If you like them, great. If you don't, that's fine. Not everything's gonna work out for everybody, right? You know, but I think us just being cran- canon and transparent, having this show has put us on the map as just like, hey, yeah. you guys are just giving away golden nuggets left and right. Try to do for something free. bigger, harder than most and, people. And, you know, I mean, we built the dang studio. You know, and we with no real, you know, understanding of how big this could potentially be or what we could get from it. But we just wanted to give back to folks, right? And yep. Really teach people how the business works, how the inner workings of acquisitions and, and finding deals and getting equity for them and ultimately operating them. Uh, you know, because there's a lot of people that had questions for us. We're like, hey, we're just going to create a show and just show people. So everybody out in the Internet can now ultimately check it out and see all the different content that we've got, right? So I'd say that that has probably helped our success too, It's just being that way, being candid and transparent. All right, so another question. What has held us back from growing even faster? Um, I'd say COVID and operations, right? You know, yep, it's, yep. you have to make sure you continue to perform. So every time you get sucked in and spend time and effort there, it's, you know, you're not out there looking for deals in equity. So. Yep. Um, And then COVID, same thing, right? We just kind of took a pause and just slowed down everything. And, you know, really, had we done some of those deals there and then, it would have been fantastic. And so, again, I'd say that's another thing that slows us down. And maybe also growing slows you down, right? You have to spend your time hiring people, interviewing people. That takes a lot of energy, too. So, And I'd say, you know, our role has changed, folks, right? You know, I'd say from when we had no deals, you know, me and Ferris were doing everything. Yeah. To now we have a lot of deals. And (laughs) Ferris does everything, no. Ah, fun, fun, fun. I found out too. No, but um, at the, the end of the day, we're, we're the team's cheerleaders, right? That's what well, we yeah, we've got. We're motivators. We're ultimately facilitating communication. We're managing meetings and teams versus doing all the doing, and that's just how it is when once a company kind of evolves, right? So you need to be able to take that transition, or, or excuse me, make that transition into being less of a doer, more of a manager of people that are doing for you. And some people, that's hard, right? Us, I love managing teams and, and, and keeping them motivated and all that stuff and really kind of, again, breaking down processes and, and, and implementing you know, things that are going to be more efficient. Um, I love seeing that come together. And I think over the last six months, it's just really been like, wow, all right, we can really, we can really continue to push the needle on this, right? Um, so, I mean, I think operations has, has been something that's, you know, that we've had to kind of slow down, pause, fix, and then keep going. Um, you know, I think he, he brought up a good point. We spent 18 months between a deal that we bought in 2019 and then the next deal that we finally closed on in 2021. Um, we didn't have any acquisitions in that 18-month window. 
you know, obviously partly because of COVID and then some of it was just like the ramp up to COVID then just kind of the ramp back up after COVID uh, took, you know, some months because what it is, it's like riding a bike, right? You're gonna remember how to do acquisitions and how to underwrite and how to, the equity raise all works and stuff, but it's like you gotta, you gotta brush off the cobwebs and kind of get going. So after 18 months, sometimes that takes some time. So I'd say that's probably the biggest things that have slowed us down. Um, you know, now it's about finding the right deals. Yep. And apparently we're being as competitive as we possibly can and some of them we're just still, still not Still losing, it's frustrating. It is extremely frustrating, but we're gonna get some good deals coming up. All right. If you had to do it all over again, what would you do differently? Oof. And we're still adapting. We haven't we haven't ended what we're what, what we we're doing differently. I don't know. Not a lot. I mean, there's mistakes along the way, small things here and there, but anything big that comes up to mind. You know, I mean, I can't really think of anything that's like, you know, earth-shattering that would be so insightful that you'd be like, "Oh, that's a golden nugget," right? But um, you know, I, I think the one thing, if I was to do it over again, is is to not stop acquisitions. You know, I had read this. This is a Dave Lindall. You know, he had said, "Hey, never slow down on acquisitions." And it, it, you get kind of scared because you're like, "Hey, I got all these LOIs out. You know, I'm in best and final on 20 different deals. What if they all hit?" Well, guess what? I'm going to tell you right now <laughs> that as much as we like and as competitive as we think that we're being, they won't all hit, folks. So don't. Don't slow down acquisitions because you got a couple things that you think that you might potentially get because the likelihood that all of those are going to hit at the same time, guess what? It's probably not going to happen. And if it does, come reach out to us. We love code GPing on good deals. Yes. So there's ultimately people in the market that can help you get those things across the finish line. So my point is, right, if I was to do it all over again, that 18-month span, I wouldn't slow down. There probably would have been maybe three, four, five months when we're really kind of in the depths of COVID, where the market was a little shaky, we didn't really know what was gonna happen, I might have probably slowed down then, but I should have ramped back up a lot quicker, right? And so that's probably what I would have done differently uh, if I was to have it do over again. But I mean, we've kind of created a different different culture, a different type of business, and we've reinvested a lot into the company. And I think, you know, again, I wouldn't change any of that for the world because now I got a great team. I can, you know, we can go on trips. We're going to Iceland this next week. You know, how would we do that if it was just the Ben and Ferris show? Yep. Right? You know, so lucky to have these folks and, and we're, we're eternally grateful for it. So, next question. What is your vision of the future and how do you plan to hit your goals? Oh my gosh, these are really like deep. I know, people these are, are very asking hard deep. questions. Um, you know, for us, yeah. it's continuing to grow like we have, right? The vision is really to streamline all the departments, get Ben and Ferris out of all the weeds, yeah. right? You know, and really get everything kind of humming along where we can focus more on the business, not in the business, right? I think that's really the vision for the next six months for us. Yeah. Um, how do we plan to hit the goal is really bringing on good people, right? I mean, you know, yeah, if, you're, if you're awesome, you know, you're looking for, you know, join an awesome team, you let us know. Team at DisruptEquity.com, send us your resume. We are looking to hire some more great rock stars. Uh, we hired three, oh, three people started last week and two more starting in two weeks. So it's yeah. kind of, no, we're fleshing out our team, both the Disrupt Equities as well as Disrupt Management. So if you think that, hey, you want to join a growing team, let us know. We'd love to see your resume, right? So uh, my vision of the future, again, I think it is similar to what Ferris is saying, you know, seeing us getting more and more out of the weeds, enabling and helping kind of motivate our teams, you know. But I think if you're able to do that, most goals are attainable. I mean, we're not we're not putting out crazy stuff. I think our goal for this year, just so everybody knows, is to, to buy 300 million in real estate. 
right? And so for some folks, that seems like a lot. For us, hey, we probably should have done that last year or even the year before that. Yeah. You know, so, but we're stepping into it because of COVID. Um, and I think we're going to hit it with the team that we've got, with the acquisition pipeline that we have. Um, you know, but I mean, I would love there to be a future where, you know, we're still involved in the acquisitions and the equity raising part of the process. I think those are the two things that me and Ferris really enjoy. Finding the deals, putting the deals together, raising the money for it and getting it across the finish line. And then ultimately handing off to our operations team. I think I still enjoy that part of the business and I always want to be a part of that, right? And I love, and for anybody that knows me personally, they know, they know that I, I've underwritten a lot of deals. I love the, the analysis piece, even though I'm a sales guy, I still love the numbers and I love working a spreadsheet. And I think, you know, putting a deal together, how do we make it work, right? And maybe it doesn't work, but I love that piece too. And I don't, I don't ever see that changing, right? So, but if we can get all the other stuff off our plate, just focus on the great things, we'll be good to go. All That's right, good. do you have any advice for scaling, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm going to kind of change this up. Do you have any advice to scaling a business, not just yeah, multifamily? Because we have other people that watch the show. And I mean, the answer I guess applies for both. It's bring on good people sooner than later, right? If your goal is to scale, you're not going to do it well alone. No. And so, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Same Look thing, at right? You. So if you're looking at scaling a business, I'm a lot more seasoned and knowledgeable and you know my yeah i co-wrote the the art of work you did, with you did a great uh, job that's a good quote um, that's a good quote but you know and it's true right so that same is thing right we continue to double down and dump more into the company to bring on people to allow us to scale and later we can kind of reap the benefits of it so it's really about bringing on people help you scale people better than you right put mm-hmm. people that are better than you around you that smarter can, than you yeah make better decisions dig into things deeper than you could etc so you know think about the president right you know the president's not making he's not coming up with all the ideas and making all the decisions he doesn't he know is, all the foreign policy he doesn't know right? he, he, he relies on a group of very intelligent advisors and then he picks based on their feedback the right decision right we're the same way right we've 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 created a team around us that in a lot of ways knows a lot better stuff and and better strategies than we do and we pick and choose which way we want to go right but i would agree you have to reinvest your money you have to be patient right yes you can make a lot of money in this business and you can make a lot of money in a lot of different businesses but you have to be patient it takes time right you know i mean we've both been in multifamily for quite some time and so you know we've really just started kind of seeing seeing the benefit of that the last few years so people need to get in there. They're fresh off a of boot camp and they want to retire from their job in six months. It doesn't work like that, right? And ultimately, if you want to create a business that's going to scale, you need to reinvest in it so you can have not only the team, but you have the platforms and the software and the processes and, 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 and the, whole, the whole shebang so you can create a real business, right? You know, Because we're big proponents of, hey, we'd much rather have a smaller piece of a very big pie than a little bit bigger piece of a smaller pie, right? And think about it. The numbers always work in our favor. So don't always feel like you got to take all of it, right? And also the one thing that I was going to point out too, right? We're partners, 50-50 on Disrupt Equity. But at the end of the day, sometimes partnerships aren't great for everybody. Sometimes you want to say, hey, I'm kind of a type A person. I just want to have my own thing, right? You're going to have to, you obviously have to build it up to a certain point. Then you're going to start hiring on employees. Then you have your employees do it, right? But at the end of the day, you have a team and you got to divide and conquer, so that's how you're going to scale any business, doesn't matter if it's multifamily or any other entrepreneurial endeavor, right? So, boom, we got through it. Yeah, through I know it. we didn't answer everybody's questions, but we want to pause and allow people to dump their questions in because every time we hop off, there's always like three or four that pop in after fact. So if you have questions about scaling a business, real estate, what's happening in the market, you know, any question under the sun, 
we can talk about it. Yeah, so if you have comments, questions, please leave them. We're happy to answer them here live on Money Mondays. Otherwise, we're going to keep going. So, Oh, my gosh. Does everybody know how to scale a business? Everybody's an expert at it, man. Luckily. Wow. Okay. Well, we had to, we had to learn the hard way. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, But we'll go ahead and keep going if, uh, if there's no other questions. Yeah, let's keep going. All right. All right. So I'm on a mission to serve those who serve us. Right, so I'm working with Eric Upchurch and his group, and we're working in coordination with the Veterans Community Project, which aims to provide housing and walk-in support services to veterans, right? I'm looking to raise $30,000. So I would love every dollar that you can give, even if it's $5, right? What we're trying to do is we're trying to build tiny houses for homeless veterans, right? So let's take care of those who've taken care of us, right? So check it out, bit.ly slash donate to homes for the brave. Right, and again, I am matching every dollar up to fifteen thousand dollars for a total of thirty k. Right, and so I love your participation in this. If you have any questions, reach out to me directly. Love to kind of put you on to the to the overall organization. They're a bunch of great folks, and they're doing some great work. So we need to get a comment coming for you. Oh, Keep going. Oh, let's keep, let's oh, uh, quickly oh. answer this one. At what point did you realize you need to hire the first employee? I think point in time you run out of time. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's probably it, that's a hard thing to kind of put like a unit count or assets under management or deals. It, you know, I think ultimately when you start creaking and you're saying, "Hey, I'm spending too much time on operations. I can't do any acquisitions." Right? Might be a good opportunity for you to hire on somebody. Right? I think our first hire was like an operations person. Yeah. Right. And then we hired on Shanna, you know, for marketing, and then we hired on an asset manager. Right, but operations was more kind of a hodgepodge of everything and anything under the sun. Right, you know, I think if I was to do it over again, I probably would be our first two hires would be marketing and asset management. So I think those are the two things that take a lot of time and have to be done by experts. Um, you know, but they they ultimately will take away from the acquisition piece. So you have to understand that, right? You know, ours is a very numbers-driven game. The more deals I look at, the more offers I make, the more likelihood I'm going to get something under contract. So if you ever see anything taking away from your acquisitions, then you probably need to look to delegate or, or, or potentially hire somebody on to take that stuff off of your plate, right? So I know I didn't answer your question 100%. I think it's ultimately up to the person and how much bandwidth they have. I think that also depends on, do you have a W-2? Right, you know, and then we've talked about this on the show before, right? It doesn't always have to be a stateside employee that somebody thinks that they have to hire, right? Virtual assistants are great. They help us with all kinds of stuff here at Disrupt Equity and Disrupt Management, and they're a bunch of great folks. So check those folks out. That might be a lower cost solution for you to ultimately get some help around your organization as well. So, oh my gosh, multifamily investing horror stories. We've only got a couple of those. So check that out. That's gonna be our next meetup. It's coming up. We had to bow wave it. The Astros took over our venue. Can you believe those I guys? Know. You know, I'll let them slide. Just bring home a, another pennant for us, guys. But check that out at http dot slash slash www.disruptequity.com slash htx meetup for registration there. Uh, it's right there on the screen. It's going to be April 14th, which is next Thursday, 7 p.m. at Pitch 25 Beer Park here in Houston. So if you're in the Houston area, even if you're flying in, even if you're just in for the day, come out. We've got a bunch of great speakers. We've got Boris Sanchez, Martin Bronstein, Kyle Jones, Michael Lay. Between all those guys, 
Hey, they got a lot of knowledge. They got a lot of knowledge, and they got hundreds of millions of dollars in real estate too. So you can rest assured that these guys definitely have some horror stories that can probably augment some of the ones that you've probably heard on this show, <laughs> from lenders to operations to everything in between. You know, I was out, you know, one of our shows, or excuse me, one of our um, properties last week. Guess what I found? I didn't. I don't even know if I told you this. So I walked in. I saw a few units while as we were doing the DD. Just what did, what did I see in the unit? Mattresses. Stripper pole. Oh, oh you're talking oh about this. Oh, my gosh. Can you freaking believe it? I only saw, like, 10 units, and out of one, <laughs> there's a stripper pole in it. That wasn't really a horror story, but these are the types of things that you're going to see in a multifamily property, folks. That's why you stuck around another day. Yeah, I was just like, man, this is kind of crazy. But, anyway, you're going to probably hear a lot worse than that. <laughs> but we'll try to keep it PG for all the folks that, that don't want to hear all the nitty-gritty details. So check that out. That's our next meetup next Thursday at Pitch 25. All right. Oh, my gosh. What are we talking about? Multifamily Investor Network. Oh. The big conference. We'll have the date nailed next week and announce. But where can we give it. a tentative or do we not feel it's going to rhyme with Beattle? And what? it might be, you know, some month that is the month of 4th of July. Oh, my gosh. Um, right. And it might be the 23rd of that month. But, you know, there's a lot of maybe. Is it there. 23rd or 26th? 23rd. 23rd? All right, it's 23rd. Maybe. 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 And Beattle. That might rhyme with Seattle. Yeah. So, but anyway, folks, we are nailing that down. I know there's been a lot of people that have already purchased tickets. Thank you for your confidence in us. You know that we're going to have it at a great venue. We're not going to have it in Topeka, Topeka Kansas. No. No? Not right. yet. Maybe, maybe one time I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be bullish, on, bullish on Topeka, but not right now. No. But join us there. Check it out. www.mfinvestornetwork.com. Put in the coupon code EARLYBIRD, $150 off. We don't make any money on this. We're ultimately just trying to get a bunch of awesome people to come out there and network with us. Learn from a, a bunch of great speakers, panelists, you know, and just a bunch of networking in general. That's going to be promos, going to run through April 14th. Again, it's going to be in July, probably somewhere on the West Coast, and it starts with Seattle. Yep. All right. So what's coming up next week? Oh my gosh. Quickly analyze multifamily properties. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. She's giving us the hard one. We're going to be coming back from Iceland the night before. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to do math. (laughs) Come uh, on, Shanna. We'll we'll be awake. We'll be You know, but check that out. So we will go through some of our tips. We do do a quick and dirty before it does a full underwriting. Maybe we could talk a little bit about the process. You know, and kind of give you a little bit, you know, peek behind the curtain of how we do acquisitions. We are looking at over 150 deals a month, folks. So we know a little bit about underwriting, and I've personally underwritten about 1,000 deals. So tune in next week to Money Mondays and how to quickly analyze multifamily properties. We hope you enjoyed today's episode on Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. We have some really great episodes coming up, so make sure to subscribe to the podcast. For those interested in passively investing in cash-flowing multifamily properties, visit disruptequity.com invest. Fill out your information there, and you will get notified when we release our next multifamily passive investment offering.